So Nadine McKenner is uh, is my Christmas gift to you every year. And so in the next few days, she'll be back on our program. And uh, we're going to make sure Nadine comes by and sees us every year and just celebrate this classic song. This Christmas, it is the uh, most renowned uh, holiday song ever written by an African-American. And I'm just glad that somebody at the post office hooked Nadine McKenner up with Donny Hathaway so that we could enjoy this song by him and so many others who've covered it. In this hour, a conversation with uh, L.A. Times columnist Gustavo Ariano about his provocative piece, which came out yesterday. I told you yesterday to read it so that when he came on today, you'd be up to speed with us. Uh, it's a provocative piece. The headline uh, in yesterday's paper in the L.A. Times, Haters Leave Kevin DeLeon Alone. You are playing into his game. Uh, Gustavo, good to have you back on the program. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Good, and I agree. Donny Hathaway is so underrated. That song is amazing. More Donny, please. Yes, more Donny, more Donny. I'm with you. Uh, more Gustavo. <laughs> I, I, more Gustavo. I, yeah. I, I, I love your work. Uh, I love reading it. Um, you always make me think, and uh, I just appreciate um, uh, your your prose. And uh, delighted to have you back on this program once again. Let me let me jump right in. Uh, there is one line in this piece that jumps out at me because I think it's a great way. Uh, to open up the door for you to explain to people who haven't read it as yet why uh, you feel the way you feel. And the line simply says, the haters fell for his bait on Friday. The haters fell for his bait on Friday. We have all by now seen the videotape of Kevin DeLeon getting into a scuffle with some BLM uh, persons. And um, that video, again, is circulated everywhere. I turned on, tele- uh, turned on TV last night. And saw Kevin DeLeon on CNN discussing this last night. So everybody across the country is talking about this videotape where an L.A. city councilman is in a scuffle with some BLM people. Um, so, again, your piece is, was entitled Haters Leave Kevin DeLeon Alone. You are playing into his game. Gustavo, it's all yours. Unpack it for me. Since the racist tape leak, of course, people have been calling for Kevin DeLeon to resign. He is now the last person left in his position of the other four of the other three people who are there. Nuri Martinez resigned. Gil Cedillo just termed out because he's a coward. Ron Herrera resigned. <laughs> and so how was Kevin? I mean, Kevin was on your show, Tavis, saying, yes. oh, yeah, I'm going to go around the city. I'm going to do this apology tour. No, he has stayed in his district now playing Santa Kevin, going around doing free turkey giveaways, free toy giveaways, free Christmas giveaways, hanging out with uh, senior citizens in Bullet Heights and all of that, and basically uh, going to his haters. And I'm going to make a a distinction between critics, protesters, and haters. The haters, I'm saying the people who are following him, who have followed him around with the camera, going like, come at me, bro, come at me, bro. Well, Kevin now turned on them and said, like, all right, go after me. Go after me in the middle of the community, because if you're going to go after me, all those community members are going to see the tactics that you're using against me, and they're going to be against you. And at the end, it's those community members, the people in CD14, who are going to decide whether I stay or not, either a recall or the general election or not. And so what ends up happening? They have that confrontation. Uh, Kevin throws the guy down, but now he could go around and says, like, look, my free speech is being abrogated. I'm being persecuted. Everyone huddle around me. They, and we know what we're talking about when Kevin's saying they, they are out to get me. They're, about, they're out to get us. So Kevin set up that bait, and the haters just walked directly into it. Mm. To your mind, then, what is the best way, uh, and I want to interrogate uh, this a bit more, but let me just jump right quick to this. To your mind, uh, Gustavo, what is the best way at this moment for us to handle 
Kevin DeLeon because, as you well know, he has done nothing illegal. It might have been unethical, immoral, uh, might have been not upstanding, but there, there's nothing in the charter, the city charter, that allows the city council. They can walk out all they want every time he walks in, but they can't get rid of Kevin DeLeon. So to your mind, what's the best way uh, for all of us, uh, no matter what category, those three categories you laid out, uh, what's the best way for us to handle him as you see it at this moment? I mean, start giving money to the recall campaign and recall him. And then at the same time, what does a recall involve if not voter education? And a lot of people, they only read the headlines. They're like, oh, you know, you're saying leave poor Kevin DeLeon alone and defending him. I'm like, no, read the actual story. Mm -hmm. I said, go to city council meetings, yell at him. That is your duty, actually, as an American. Go camp out in front of his house. I have no issue with that. That's something that both parties have been doing for decades, going in front of people's house. And I said that was perfectly fine. But if you're going to, if the only way to take out Kevin legally is for recall or uh, voting him out, then you're going to have to convince the voters of CD14. Yelling at elderly Latinos supporters who are speaking in Spanish city call meeting, uh, city uh, council meeting, and booing at them, that's not the way to do it. Going to a Christmas toy giveaway where there's kids with parents who vote, that's definitely not the way to do it. That, that just draws those people who ultimately have the fate of Kevin's hand, uh, you know, the, the fate of Kevin in their hands closer to him. So it's going to be an uphill battle. Recalls are expensive. And even harder is to convince the voters to uh, go against Kevin, a guy who's going around town saying, here, free turkey, here, Christmas. And by the way, I, in my column, I, call, I, said, I called Kevin despicable. I called him a sinvergüenza without shame. I called him a shameless scoundrel. I said he should resign more than ever. And I also said that he's using these events as human shields against him. He's completely despicable. And yet a lot of people think I'm somehow uh, supporting Kevin. I don't know what world they're in. Though. Nope. I didn't see it that way at all. That's why I wanted to have you on the program. When we come forward with Gustavo Ariano, um, since he mentioned Gil Cedillo, as you know, we discussed this yesterday. I was able to uh, use one of these uh, apps. Uh, uh, AI can do so many things these days. So we took um, the piece that the statement that uh, Gil Cedillo made if you didn't hear if you didn't hear yesterday's program we took his statement we put it in one of these ai apps and we voiced it uh and so uh, uh since it's radio and you can't read what gil Cedillo said it's a long statement anyway uh trust me i had to read it um so we did audio yesterday so the audience could hear what gil Cedillo had actually written and we spent a good time a good deal of time yesterday talking about that but since Gustavo, as the Latino, uh, mentioned Gil Cedillo and called him a coward a moment ago, I want to get more of his take on how he reads what Gil Cedillo had to say uh, in his statement on Monday. And I also want to talk about whether or not he thinks Kevin DeLeon survives this. If, again, if you missed yesterday's program, I went on record publicly for the first time uh, suggesting that I believe personally that the longer this plays out, and when you read Gustavo's piece, you'll understand why I'm saying this. This is me, not Gustavo. When you read Gustavo's piece, it seems to me that the longer this plays out, the greater Kevin DeLeon's chances are of surviving this. And I feel that way precisely because, well, hold that thought. I'll tell you when we come forward. You're listening to KBLA Talk. Let's unpack a little bit more with Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues right now. Right now. Right now. Our guest right now is L.A. Times columnist Gustavo Ariano, whose work I enjoy reading. His piece yesterday that's got everybody talking. Uh, the headline uh, read, Haters, Leave Kevin DeLeon Alone. You're playing into his game. I was saying before that break, um, Gustavo, that on this program yesterday, I suggested, uh, having interviewed Kevin DeLeon, that the longer this goes, um, the greater I think his chances are if he survives uh, the remaining two years on his term, number one. 
I feel that way precisely because of what you said a moment ago and what I read in your column. Uh, the more that Kevin DeLeon can make the argument that they, them, those persons are harassing me and the older Latino voters in his district see that, and let's just call a spade a spade, they see black folk in BLM and other folk who don't live in this district or in this community coming after Kevin DeLeon, legitimate or otherwise, and they see these black folk engaging Kevin DeLeon in scuffles and fights, um, that doesn't play well to the base uh, of Latino voters in his district. And that's why I resonate with your piece that this kind of activity, this kind of behavior is playing into his hands because, the again, the only persons that can get him out are the voters in this district, and they have to do it through a recall. And as as uh, Gustavo said earlier, recalls aren't easy to begin with. You saw Gavin Newsom uh, survive one. Every now and then somebody goes down, uh, but oftentimes people survive these recalls because it takes so much to yank somebody out of office. And so I think there's a greater chance every day that Kevin DeLeon survives this uh, two-year term. I don't know what that means for how he interacts with the council. I will say this. If this recall happens and the voters in his district do not recall him, I think it is impossible for Mr. Krikorian, the president of the council, or anybody else to then walk out when he shows up. Because if, he, if he's gone through every stage of the democratic process, including recall, and his district does not recall him, no matter how much you recoil when he shows up, he was not recalled. And as such, you're going to have to sit with him and deal with it for the remainder of his term. That's how I see it. But you're the columnist, Gustavo. How do you see it? Yeah, Kevin is waiting on this long game and waiting on the fact that his district He's waiting on so many things. He's leaning on his reputation as, you know, his political career, working against 187, or working yeah, against Proposition 187 from 1994. And again, I cannot overemphasize, after disappearing, basically after going on your show, he went into hideaway for weeks, mm -hmm. and then pops up, going on Instagram, filming these cute little videos of himself, surrounding himself with kids, uh, 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 abuelitas, all of that stuff, and then having soundtracks like El Rey, The King. The most offensive one, by the way, he had on Joe Arroyo, salsa legend from Colombia, Rebellion, which is all about a real-life slave revolt that happened in Colombia. So the man has no shame, but he also knows that, especially in CD14, they don't want outsiders there, there telling them how to think. So the more... People, activists come, and especially, you know, you had yesterday the city council meeting where people, were, uh, folks from Black Lives Matter were there. All of a sudden, some Latino men started shouting, all lives matter, all mm -hmm. lives matter. And yes, that's absolutely disgusting for them to be saying that. But those are the people who live in CD14. Like, you're, how are you going to convince those people whose fate uh, Kevin DeLeon is in? How are you going to convince them to go against their man? Yeah. Um, you mentioned Gil Cedillo, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned Gil Cedillo, and um, by now most of us have read or heard uh, over this program and beyond what he had to say. Uh, I heard you invoke the word coward, um, so I, I have some sense of how you feel about Gil Cedillo. <laughs> but, but what did you make of that statement, Gustavo? Well, I'm going to do a whole column on it, so everyone should read the column. I'll, t I'll say a little bit right sure, here. Sure, sure, sure. But this is the, <laughs> this is the worst example uh, for me actually of what happens when you do have district elections and all you care about is your district he made it all about the district because he's from boyle heights at the, his very last sentence you know this boy from boyle heights never shot 
you know, never step down. He's basically mm-hmm. saying, where are you from? This is where I'm from. This is my hood. And here in Boyle Heights, we don't back down from challenges like that. It came off as tone deaf as Nuri Martinez in her resignation letter, letter saying, I hope that I uh, come off as an inspiration for you little young Latina girls out there. It's like, read the room, but they're so egotistical, they're not going to read the room. And they're viewing all of this through such a Latino lens and such a lens of where they're from, Nuri from Pacoima, uh, uh, Gil from Boyle Heights, that they don't care about anyone else. And it was just, it was laughable. But no, I, I have way more things to say yeah, about sure. that once I write my column. <laughs> no, and I, I'm not, I don't want you to give, give your best stuff away. Keep keep your best <laughs> lines. Hold on to your best lines, man, because <laughs> if you put them on the radio, somebody will, somebody will be using them before they get in your column. Don't give your best stuff away. Um, so I look forward to reading <laughs> your column. I figure you'd be working on something uh, regarding that. Let me just say, though, to your point about uh, Nuri Martinez, I said to somebody, uh, I guess, 48 hours ago when I saw it, I don't know what's worse, Cedillo's letter or Martinez's letter. Both of those letters were reprehensible. Uh, both of them uh, showed no contrition. Uh, both of them showed that they were tone deaf. And so when I when I saw it, I'm like, man, this is, I thought Nuri's letter was bad, uh, her statement. Uh, Cedillo's is far worse to my mind, but I digress on that point. Let me let me ask you, um, since you mentioned the city council, yesterday, was that was that was a zoo. Um, for those who saw what happened in council yesterday here in Los Angeles, it was an absolute zoo in there yesterday. Um, what's your What's your opinion, Gustavo, about the city council writ large, Mr. Kikorian, how they are handling this? I know they're being put in an awkward spot every time he shows up, but what's your view of how the council is handling or mishandling this situation? If they want Kevin to act in as an adult, they have to talk to his closest advisor, someone like Fabian Nunez, the former speaker, you know, uh, Antonio Villaraigosa to a lesser extent. But uh, Kevin does not care for any of the council members. Poor Paul. Paul is trying. You see these uh, conversations he's having with them. Only one can only imagine what he's telling him to do. But Kevin is just more dug in. People underestimate Kevin. People underestimate how stubborn he is, and his stubbornness has helped them in the past in the fight that he has done for good stuff, like driver's licenses for undocumented folks, green initiatives. But it also hinders him, like when he ran for mayor and lost, ran for a U.S. Senate against Dianne Feinstein and lost. So that said, the council continues. And, you know, I agree with the council members who are walking out, who are like, you know, uh, Hugo Soto Martinez and Unisa Hernandez, who just got elected, Marquis, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Nithya stepping out but at the end you know when it came to voting on uh karen's emergency powers for addressing homelessness the vote was unanimous and kevin was a part of that vote so if you're so opposed to kevin being part of the city council then don't vote on anything i mean really bring it to a standstill if you're going to play that game play that game and i mean and but sadly though i don't think even that would reach kevin only at this point it would only take fabian and say dude that's it man you got to step down like you're I mean, and the sad thing, everyone will remember what Nuri and Gil said and also Ron Herrera. But at the end, this racist tape leak is going to stick with Kevin because he's the one who did not step down. I think I might have said this when I when we were on last time, the sooner Kevin steps down, the sooner he could rehabilitate his career. Mm-hmm. Look at Al Franken at this point. The minute that happened so many so many years ago, he stepped down and now people view now he's coming back. He's going to be a host somewhere or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he was able to rehabilitate himself and he did it. Kevin's not rehabilitating himself. Kevin is entrenching himself in his community because he knows that CD14 are the only people who could take him out and he's counting that they're not going to take him out. This is inside baseball, and I apologize to those who are listening across the country, uh, but I need to ask this question for those in Los Angeles who are listening uh, and uh, and vote in these elections. So to your point about the vote yesterday, so Mayor Karen Bass, you know, they had a vote on uh, the emergency 
uh, call vis-a-vis uh, -vis state of emergency, vis-a-vis -vis homelessness. She promised to do that in her speech on Sunday when she was sworn in. She, her first move was going to be to declare a state of emergency vis-a-vis -vis the issue of homelessness. That thing came to a vote yesterday in the council, as you mentioned. And on the board, De Leon's name did, in fact, show up. Now, let me back up. He comes in. Um, all hell breaks loose. President Parker Corian calls for an immediate recess. They come back and the votes move forward. And to your point, Kevin DeLeon's name shows up on the board. He votes in favor of it, but he's not in the room. Now, I'm trying to figure this out because that is a dangerous precedent. <laughs> it's a dangerous precedent. And I'm waiting, if, I'm waiting for somebody to write about this. So, like, what happens? How did that happen? That he ends up voting, but nobody saw him in the room. Is he voting behind a wall somewhere? Because that's not the way democracy is done either. So, again, it's inside baseball. But I noticed that yesterday, and I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, I wasn't seeing the council meeting. My colleagues were covering it. But when I heard about that, I'm like, wait, did he come in? And if he came in, how were they able to do that above the screen? So I actually talked to a friend of mine who's in L.A. politics, and he said apparently there's a room where council members can – legally be seen being part of the city council meeting but there's a and there's a computer there so that's how you're able to vote on it and i think especially if this continues if this continues i could see paul saying you know what this is chaotic we're just going to go back to zoom and they'll invoke you know covid as what happened right afterwards you'll remember sure, when sure, um, sure, sure. Uh, mitchell farrell said like yeah we all have covid so let's just go through it and they went through that because and that will be far more manageable and it will be a damn shame but again i'm not going to fault paul i'm not going to fault anyone in the council anyone from but kevin for allowing this charade to happen and then again once more I think people should be protesting at all these council meetings. That's just American democracy. It's fun. But you have to be smart with your fun. Going to these community events where Kevin is playing Santa Kevin and making kids cry, that is not smart at all. That, that, that's what I mean by Kevin has this game. He wants to be the martyr. You saw his interview on CNN. Well, I saw his interview on Telemundo where he said that the reason why he pushed the activist was because he was protecting parents and children. Mm. That's what he said. Not enough mm. people uh, see Telemundo, apparently, but, I mean, he is going around and he's yeah. taking a big lap. And I, he has no shame. He's a sinvergüenza. I don't know who's advising him, but I will say this again publicly, um, that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wickedly brilliant. Let me frame it that way. It's wickedly yes. brilliant. But when I saw him on CNN last night, I, would, I just, I just kind of chuckled to myself like, man, KDL is going in on this. So the argument that he advanced, I mean, you, you heard him, you heard Gustavo say a moment ago that he advanced on Telemundo this notion he was protecting Latino women, uh, Latinas, and their children. Okay, that's the argument there. On CNN, he goes another direction. On CNN, he says that, uh, that every one of us goes to work every single day with people we don't like. <laughs> I said, oh, my Lord, we go to work every day and sit beside folk we don't like, folk we can't get along with, bosses that we can't stand, but we show up for work and the room does not clear out. The office doesn't clear out because you don't like person X. You see his point. You might not like me, and you heard Gustavo say earlier, he doesn't like any of those council members. His point is, though, you ain't got to like me. I'm duly elected, and every other American goes to work every day in spaces with people they don't like. So how are you going to shun me and tell me you're going to shut the meeting down because I'm here while I'm duly elected? I said, oh, my goodness. He's working every angle of this thing he can work. I don't know who's advising him on this, but that was a brilliant stroke in terms of making argumentation. Let me be clear. Not the one asked to agree with it, but I heard the argument, Gustavo. 
What he's doing is despicable. What he's doing is atrocious. And what he's doing is tactically brilliant. And mm -hmm. people got mad at me for that, but it's the truth. Yeah. Finally, in uh, 60 seconds, um, what's your sense of what this may do or is doing um, to black brown relations? Because ultimately, as I said earlier, and you know, you've offered, offered your point of view, I think that if the Latino voters in his district see black folk pushing back against him, that could be a problem. You do have good Latino organizations like Inner City Struggle teaming up with groups like Community Coalition and protesting. They're not pushing cameras in his face on. They know better than to go to community events and push that stuff there. So remember, the whole, almost the entire Latino uh, political establishment in California is telling Kevin to resign. So I, but at the end, again, it's the voters yeah. who are going to have that. And if you, if they see what they call quote unquote outsiders, AKA black folks coming in and telling them Kevin DeLeon is racist and you're racist for standing with him. Yeah. They're not going to go voting mm. against Kevin. His name is Gustavo Ariano. He is a must read uh, writing in the LA times, his piece uh, out yesterday. You should read it. If you didn't see it, haters leave Kevin DeLeon alone. You're playing playing into his game, and I cannot wait to read what he has to say uh, about Gil Cedillo's statement earlier this week. Gustavo, good to have you back, my friend. Happy holidays. I'll talk to you soon.